0: Today, we celebrate one of the greatest events in history. We celebrate creation. It's amazing. God spoke and all things came into being. We celebrate God's Word because God's Word gives us direction. It's a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. The Lord Jesus Christ's substitutionary sacrifice is amazing. God sent his Son to be the propitiation for the sins of the world. Boys and girls, the word propitiation is a big word, but it is an important word. Try saying it with me. Propitiation. Let's try it again. Propitiation. Propitiation. The word propitiation means a place of forgiveness. A place of forgiveness. Listen to these verses as I read from Romans chapter 3. Whom God hath set forth, this is talking about Jesus Christ, whom God hath set forth to be a propitiation, a place of forgiveness, through faith in his blood, to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of god in 1 john chapter 2 verse 2 listen again for the word propitiation and remember it means a place of forgiveness and he is the propitiation he is the place of forgiveness for our sins and not for ours only but also for the sins of the whole world in 1 john chapter 4 verse 10 Listen again for this word, propitiation. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us, and sent his Son to be the propitiation. He sent his Son to be the place of forgiveness for our sins. We come to our text for this morning in Isaiah chapter 53. The prophet Isaiah wrote under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that God would send a Messiah, a Savior, a Liberator. Now, the Israelites were looking for a Liberator from their political enemies. But God had promised much more. God promised a Liberator, a Savior, from the evil, murderer, tyrant, Lucifer the tyrant of this world, the deceiver, the liar, who only wants to make you miserable and to destroy. God wanted us to know he was going to send a perfect Messiah, a sinless Messiah. That was all part of God's plan. The Messiah would suffer. He would be the sin offering. He would be totally sufficient. His sacrifice would satisfy God's wrath. He would bear the iniquity of the whole world. God promised and God provided. If you would, turn over to Acts chapter 17. Acts chapter 17. And I just want to read to you something that Cindy and I read this morning. And I want you to notice how this is the message that we preach. Acts 17, verse 2, And Paul, as his manner was, went in unto them, and three days reasoned with them out of the Scriptures, opening and alleging that Christ must needs have suffered and risen again from the dead, and that this Jesus, whom I preach unto you, is Christ, is the Messiah. You see, that was something that the Jews couldn't understand. They didn't understand that the Messiah had to come and suffer. They were looking for a liberator, but they weren't looking for a redeemer. Back in Isaiah chapter 53, I want you to notice that the curse of sin has always been evident from the very beginning, though people don't like to understand it. There we read God's warning to us in Genesis chapter 2, verse 17. God said, But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. You notice how God was very clear. God said, The day that you eat of this is the day that you will surely die. You see, disobedience always brings separation. For you boys and girls, you understand when you do wrong, immediately your conscience bothers you, and now maybe you don't want to talk to your parents the way that you would. Or husbands and wives, when you have lied to one another, it brings separation, and you don't communicate well together. Scripture always says sin always brings separation, and the ultimate separation is death. But I want you to notice man's willful choice. Even though God gave this warning, man chose in Genesis chapter 3, verse 6, we read, And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, a tree to be desired to make one's wise, she took of the fruit of the thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. You see, each of us make willful choices. As we celebrate Easter and we think about all things new, we have to begin with why we celebrate Easter. We celebrate Easter because without Jesus Christ, we were without hope. We read from the book of Genesis over and over and over again, and he died, and he died and he died. Every time you read that, it's a reminder that God told you the truth. God was not withholding something. God was trying to protect us. Yet we read about God's promise. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, we read, I will put enmity between thee, talking to the serpent, between thee and the woman, between thy seed and her seed. It Her seed, which is the Messiah that he was talking about, it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. God's promise was, I will defeat Satan. I will provide myself a lamb. And Genesis 25 makes that very clear. We find the cure for sin. There is secure news. Notice with me in Isaiah chapter 52, as we come to our text this morning. In verses 7 through 14, we're going to see, don't fear, there is still hope. God is still God. Look at verse 7 with me. It says, how beautiful upon the mountain are the feet that bring good tidings, that publish peace, that, bring, that bringeth good tidings of good, that publisheth salvation, that saith unto Israel, that saith unto Zion, thy God reigneth. Thy God reigneth. You see what he's describing for us is so important. Here we see he's saying, you can trust God is still in control. Though your life seems out of control, though things have seemed so difficult as things were difficult for Israel, he said, never forget thy God reigneth. There was this secure news. Also, there was this promise in verses 9 and 10 of chapter 52. Break forth into joy, sing together, ye waste places of Jerusalem, for the Lord hath comforted his people, he hath redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord hath made bare his holy arms in the eyes of all nations, and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. There was hope, God will restore. Yet there was a warning. A personal warning. Look at verse 11. Depart ye. Depart ye. Go ye out from thence. Touch no unclean thing. Go ye not out of the midst of her. Be ye clean that bear the vessels of the Lord. You know what he's saying? He's saying stay pure. Don't don't believe that sin is for your benefit. You know, Satan's going to come along and say, well, you've never experienced that. How do you know if this is really true? How do you know if what God has said is really true, unless you try it. You know, that's exactly what Adam and Eve did. And what did we learn from Adam and Eve? God always tells the truth because God is righteous. If God says, don't lie, then it's really in our best interest not to lie. If God says, don't murder, but as Jesus told us in Matthew, he says, don't hate. You know, It's in your best interest not to hate. God says, don't commit adultery. Keep your body pure. You know, if God says that, it's in your best interest to do that. You see, God was warning here. He was saying, keep yourselves pure. We also see some news here about the Savior in verses 13 and 14. He says, Behold, my servant shall deal prudently. He shall be exalted and extolled and be very high. As many were astonished as see thee, his visage was so marred more than any man and his form more than the sons of men. We're going to pause there for just a moment and I want you to notice something. He will be exalted, he will prosper, he will be extolled, but we read in verse 14, he will astonish. Yet many were astonished at thee. His visage was so marred, more than any man. You know, as we focus this week on his Passion Week, on his crucifixion, we, we saw that people hated him. The soldiers went well beyond what they were supposed to do because they personally despised and rejected him. We see the news of our Savior, but then I want you to notice the suffering servant that is put before us. You see, that's what Paul was teaching. People were saying, how can someone who suffers literally be the Messiah, be the King, be God from all eternity? You see, God had to bruise him. God had to bring about this change so that mankind could be forgiven. Notice our response to this Savior. Verse 53, chapter 53, verses 1 through 3. Who hath believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was esteemed, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. Isaiah was telling us that the Messiah would be despised. No lamb was ever beaten for sacrifice. No lamb was ever beaten before he was sacrificed. The beatings were because he was despised and he was hated. We read, he will be rejected of men, not of God here. It says, we hid, as it were, our faces from him. These are echoes from Genesis chapter 3, a refusal to admit what we are. Remember in Genesis chapter 3 where Adam and Eve, rather than going to God and saying, we've been wrong, we've sinned, Adam and Eve hid themselves. Adam and Eve didn't want to acknowledge what they were, and even when they finally were forced to admit, they blamed someone else. But notice our Lord's response in verses four through six of Isaiah 53. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we were healed. All we like sheep are gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. We read in verses 4 and 5, he's going to take our place. He will bear our burdens, our griefs, our sorrows, our sickness, our pain. We will blame our shame as his deserved pain. We'll say he deserved that, not even remembering that it was for us that he died. He will be wounded He will be bruised for us. The word transgressions there means rebellion. The word iniquities means faults and our perversities. Perversion meaning something that doesn't go straight but has been twisted from going the direction it should go. His chastisement will be for our peace. His stripes will be for our healing. He will be our substitute. You see, today, as we serve a risen Savior, as we celebrate our risen Lord, we must never forget why He came. Notice His response to the suffering in verse 7. He was oppressed and He was afflicted, yet He opened not His mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearers is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. He was oppressed. He was humiliated. Yet he didn't lash out. Notice his description in verses 8 and 9. There we read, He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who shall declare his generation for he was cut off out of the land of the living for the transgression of my people was he stricken you know this verse reminds us of Daniel chapter 9 where we read the Messiah will come but he will be cut off but not for himself you see the Messiah was not cut off because he was a sinner he was cut off for our sins We read in verse 9, he's made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. What What an amazing prophecy how Jesus' death, he would be buried in Joseph, a rich man's tomb. And because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. I want you to notice sin was conquered. Look at verses 10 through 12 with me. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. You know, that's the title of the sermon this morning, Satisfied, it's the title because it totally describes what Jesus Christ did for us. Jesus died, and God looked at his sacrifice, and the total punishment of our sin was Satisfied. Satisfied. The debt is paid. God says, By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. He shall justify, he shall bear their iniquities. What wondrous love is this, O my soul. What wondrous love is this that caused the Lord of bliss to bear the dreadful curse for my soul. The resurrection is proof that God accepted Christ's death on the cross. That... Just as Isaiah had prophesied, the Lamb of God came and suffered in our place. How will you respond to the Lamb today? And can it be that I should gain an interest in the Savior's blood? Died he for me who caused his pain for me? who him to death pursued. Amazing love. How can it be that thou, my God, shouldst die for me? Amazing love. How can it be that thou, my God, shouldst die for me? Satisfied. God saw the travail of his soul and God said, the sin debt has been paid. In Isaiah chapter 55, then we read this invitation. We read, Ho, hey, watch, look, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, Come ye, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend money for that which is not bread, and labor for that which satisfieth not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Do you know what he's telling us? He says... It's been paid for. Come, have that which will satisfy you. He says, why are you spending your money on that which will never satisfy? Why are you pushing yourself into the world? Why are you accepting the things that the world is offering? Don't you understand? He says, incline your ear and come here and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. This is why we celebrate today. This is why we reflect. This is why the whole world stops. This is why we say, He is risen. And the answer always is, He is risen indeed. The Messiah has come, the Messiah has suffered, God's wrath was satisfied, Jesus Christ has become our propitiation, our place of refuge, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish